Hey, this is Neil Bawa, the Mad Scientist of Multifamily, and you're listening to the Mailbox Money Show with Bronson Hill. This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. All right, welcome to the Mailbox Money Show. My name is Bronson Hill. Really excited you decided to join us today. I have an awesome guest, uh, Keith Blackborg, who is a tax strategist, consultant, helps people to pay less in taxes, which I'm always a big fan of. So I think this topic is something you should be very interested about if you're high net worth, if you're a high earner, uh, being able to reduce, defer, or eliminate taxes. And he has some unique strategies that I really hadn't heard before. So I wanted to have him on the show. And he's just an awesome guy. We have some mutual friends. So Keith, welcome. How are you today? Thanks for having me, Bronson. Great to be here. Oh, really excited to have you, man. Um, let's uh, talk for a minute a little bit about your story. You have a cool story, kind of how you started doing this, and uh, just give us a little bit of your background. Sure. Uh, I There was a guy named Robert Kiyosaki. You may have heard of him. Uh, went to a convention back in 2010, got started in 2010. I jumped in with both feet with a local real estate group in Texas and started initially doing rentals and flips of houses. 2013, 2014, switched to active and passive investments in hotels and apartments. So my wife was managing our real estate business. I had a CPA firm focused on high net worth uh, apartments indicators. And 2016, 2017 rolled around. I thought the real estate market was going to crash and Hillary Clinton was going to get elected. I was wrong. <laughs> but along the way, I exited out of some stuff and I missed out on a, a huge opportunity to, to continue to grow. But my wife and I just uh, in the spending the next few years just traveling the world, doing what you're supposed to do when you supposedly made it in, in real estate. And then out of that, we had our firstborn son and apparently kids change things. And so settling <laughs> back at home next to grandma, uh, we started Financial Journey, which helps people grow their wealth and mitigate their, their taxes. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And I love that you, uh, you know, take, took time to travel. I think a lot of, um, you know, it really comes down to lifestyle, right? A lot of people think, Hey, I want piles of money, but really what people want is they want freedom over time. They want to be yeah. able to do what they want. Yeah. I, I quit my corporate job a couple of years ago and yeah. traveled since then to probably eight or 10 countries. And it's just been awesome, right. To be able to have that flexibility to be able to travel when you want, obviously with kids, it changes a little bit and hopefully they get yeah. older and travel, keep, you know, travel a little more again, but um, that's awesome. Well, um, I know your background, you are a CPA by trade, right? Yes. And so that was your background. So you're a numbers guy, you're good. You know, you worked for a big firm. Um, and then you, you branched out to start this. What was the impetus to, uh, to start this? Maybe you kind of got into a little bit, maybe you can kind of expand and just maybe some of the issues that you see in the marketplace that you guys work with now. Yeah. So right now it's about helping people identify where the best opportunities are. So a lot of people um, initially are thinking about work optional, retirement, how do I escape? And so for my average client, usually a, a business owner with three to $20 million worth of net worth, it's about how do we package up the business for sale? 
maximize the sales price, minimize the tax consequences, and what are some great investment opportunities along the way? So for example, somebody might invest with you, get into some multifamily, they usually make money from the equity and the rents, and you, you kind of get, you, you get that, I, I know you do. And so uh, for us, it's also about identifying other asset classes that, that are, are, are good for people that are good with the market right now. And I own some multifamily or invested in some multifamily and it's it's been a phenomenal part of our portfolio. But as we also branch out, uh, like direct investments in oil and gas right now, uh, so there's some people in our group that are now uh, doing uh, conversions of commercial real estate. And so that could be taking office buildings, going to apartments, self-storage, or how do you vertically integrate a, a community together? Some people like assisted living, maybe packing uh, doctors, living family living, some recreation, all into these spaces. And so it's really about um, identifying where the greatest wealth opportunities are and either having somebody to lead that, or if you're a passive investor, if that feels like too much work, just find somebody who's got a great idea and invest with them. Yeah, no, that's great. I think you mentioned, um, you talked about about you know selling a business. We have a lot of investors that uh, really, you know, they, when selling a business, I think of a couple uh, clinicians in California sold a business for $5 million, had a big tax bill of over $2 million. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just through getting the right people involved, getting tax strategists involved early, finding about the real estate professional designation for their wives and just figuring out ways yeah. to like work around this. They were able to re reduce their tax bill to, you know, I think 125 K or something. So they reduced it almost not to zero, but, but quite a bit. And so I think that, you know, there's really, I can't be really overstated the idea of just team, you know, whether you're a passive investor, which really if somebody's selling a business, you need to have a team of people that can help you on the tax side, that are on the strategy side, that are looking at entity protection, all that. I know your group, your your firm does this. You help people create plans. And that's what I loved. I think about your website, you were talking through about how you help people to, you know, how can you leave your job in three years or five years? Yeah. And a lot of people think that, you know, that are high earners, they just think this is impossible. And I know I had a call a little while ago with a physician who's net worth of $5 million, only invested in stocks. Well, a lot of times for those people, it's hard because they they don't really know any other, anything else besides yeah. making money in their business. Yeah. And they don't know how to um, basically have their money generate money when they stop working. I think that's a challenge that a lot yeah. of people find. Um, what, are, what are some things that you kind of, you know, obviously that's what we do in our business. We do ATM machines and car washes and oil and gas yeah. and multifamily and all that stuff. But what are some things you usually advise people when it comes to like, hey, I'm brand new to this. Um, you know, I know I probably should do some alternative things or yeah. what are some steps you kind of look at when making a plan for, for people? So first and foremost, it's about identifying where you are and where you want to go. I've learned that retirement is a dirt, dirty word for some, which is why we, I, we talk about work optional. So having the appeal of, of being able to be work optional, what does that look like? Making wealth the business is a key transition that most people make. You get further enough, far enough into your career, you've got enough net worth. If you could shift your focus from making six to 8% on your money with a financial advisor and maybe earn eight to 20% plus like some of our members, that's going to dramatically grow your wealth significantly more. So it's about identifying your goals, figuring out the, the investments that align with you, what's going to get you there. And then you can backtrack, reverse engineer the wealth, the steps that you need to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, 
you know, if you don't have a plan, they say, if you, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And I think it's really true. If you don't know where you're going, it's like that line from uh, Alice in Wonderland, then you know, any road will get you there, right? If you don't know yeah. where you're going or where you want to yes. go. And so it's really being very crystal clear on what your goals are and where you want to go. And that's where I think somebody like yourself who can really clarify that for people. And I think there's a lot of things to consider. You know, people have kids and they've got maybe multiple businesses or multiple, you know, uh, family members or people involved. And so figuring all that out is really important. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit of the strategy that you mentioned to me when we had our last call. Sure. You talked about, um, and I know you have, uh, for those listening, you won't be able to see this, but on YouTube, we'll be able to see it. But I know you have some, uh, a strategy that's like, it's like a rollover strategy that I hadn't heard of. Can you talk about kind of what that means, you know, from a retirement account and what the benefits are of this strategy? Yeah, I love to marry the wealth and the tax strategy together. So your members have probably heard about things like opportunity zone funds and there's other things out there. So one of my favorite strategies that few passive investors have ever done is called discounted rollovers. So this is especially useful for anybody who has a large retirement account and wants to move that money from a traditional to a Roth account at a significant discount. Typically, most people, once they get to about 50 plus, it, may, it doesn't make sense to do the rollover. But with the discounted rollover, when you can get 20 to 80% off, it makes a huge difference. So let me run through an example. Let's say people put $100,000 into one of your multifamily apartment complexes. They uh, Six months in, you've kicked out some non-performing tenants. You've intentionally done some rehab. You're upgrading the property. But as a result of that, you uh, the net operating income has dropped as planned. But this is also when the project is at the greatest risk. Something could go wrong. You've dropped occupancy. You have less income coming in. And so what we do is we go out and get a valuation. And from an independent third party that says, hey, based on the fact that the financials are down, maybe interest rates are up, cap rates may have changed, uh, you got some other factors that go into that, that independent valuation comes back and says, hey, that $100,000 that you put in is temporarily worth just $50,000. And so we do a rollover from a traditional retirement account to a Roth retirement account at a 50% valuation, meaning you invested 100, you're paying taxes on 50 on the asset rollover. And then because they invested with you, a few years later, it pops up in value to being worth $200,000, but all within the Roth account, and they're never taxed again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense the way you explained it. And again, there's a visual. If you're if you're listening to this, you can go to YouTube and watch it. But uh, basically, yeah, we're seeing this. This happens in deals where um, you know you, you have a, a plan vacancy, or you have that you're doing all this value. The income drops on a property, and for some people that aren't familiar with multifamily, it can be a little alarming. Like, oh my gosh, the value dropped, but it, you know it's planned so that you can do yeah. those renovations, you can get the income up, and you can increase the occupancy. And so. Uh, I think this is really valuable. And actually, I think there's also a play here uh, as valuations have dropped a little bit. Just overall, we've seen valuations in a lot of markets, not every market, but in some markets drop that there's a way to do this. So does this make sense to do with a 100K in a traditional account? Or is it more from a cost perspective and setting this up? Does it make more sense to do it if it's a higher dollar amount? Like what's kind of the minimum amount you see this, this strategy kind of making sense, Keith? So depending on who does the valuation, you might spend maybe two grand on the valuation. So it's two grand, whether or not it's 50,000, 100,000 or 500,000. So it likely makes sense, probably 50,000 is probably the minimum floor you'd want to do this on. 
Um, but especially if you get some buddies together that you're all investing in the same deal or as a syndicator, this is a value add you want to provide to your investors. This is a huge strategy, especially from anybody who's got these large 401k accounts that doesn't want to pay taxes on it. You move it over. This is a game changer. You never pay taxes on what it, it could end up being $200,000 within a Roth account. A lot of my clients come to me, they've got a million dollars or more that they've accumulated over a lifetime in a retirement account. And to have that all be taxed for the rest of your life, that's potentially seven figures worth of tax savings over the course of your lifetime. Right. Now that can be very substantial. How does, um, so there's a tax that's inside of a retirement account, the unrelated business income tax yep. or UBIT. Does that apply? It would apply in this case, right? So if somebody had it, it depends on the type of account they have. If, if there's debt financing on for an IRA, yes. But my favorite way to avoid that, just to avoid all the headache with UBIT and UDFI on these, is go do it in a solo 401k. So if you're right. an employee, go start a business, earn a dollar worth of income, file your Schedule C. My favorite provider for this is solo401k.com. It's like a $500 setup fee, $100 a year thereafter. And you're set. You avoid unrelated debt financed income, which can cost you um, tens of thousands of dollars uh, if you do a lot of these. And yeah. so that's simple answer is just sidestep all of it and do it in a 401k. Yeah, that's a great strategy. I mean, there's strategies with the Roth IRA. There's a guy, um, Peter Thiel, who has like a billion dollars or something in a Roth yeah. IRA or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I think they're trying to figure out how to tax somebody. But you know, once you have it in a Roth, you really, unless laws change, you're not really going to pay any taxes on that, which is an incredible strategy. A lot of people um, you know, know it's there. And I've got, you know, maybe 15K in a Roth, or I've got some money in a Roth. It's hard. Obviously, when you start making more money, it's harder to put money in a Roth sometimes, or you get uh, there's limits on some of that as well. Uh, what are some of the strategies that you see, uh, particularly for business owners? Like what are some yeah. of the things that, you know, what, what kind of solves some challenges that a lot of business owners face? So, so if we're looking at getting money into a 401k, to be clear, you can do a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, or you can do a traditional 401k or Roth 401k. You may, so I prefer to do it all within a 401k if that's an option. Most people who are business owners that have employees think that they can't invest their retirement accounts in non-traditional assets like real estate. There are people right. out there that will custom write these 401k plans that are actually allow it a non-safe harbor uh, plan that allow you to do that. So just because your traditional fidelity tells you it's not possible, it just means that they can't help you. There are right. others out there. You may right. have heard like mega Roth 401ks. There are other ways to get um, 72K this year. Uh, into a retirement plan. There, there are other options out there. And so just go Google Mega Roth 401k. There, these are part of what we help people set up is identify great syndicators like you to help put our, our members into. And then we walk alongside people on the wealth and the tax strategy to that, that fits in with the investments that people are already thinking about. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And what do you say for people that haven't done alternative assets. Maybe they've they've only done traditional stuff. Um, what are ways you've seen people successfully get started into it? Is it just putting a small amount amount of money in one deal and kind of watching it and see it perform, and then they feel more comfortable with it? Or what are some ways people? A lot of people we've seen is you know they've never invested. They kind of kicked a lot of tires, or they just haven't yeah. taken the action. Like how do you get people comfortable with getting involved in alternative assets? So first and foremost, you gotta you gotta start somewhere. And 
starting small, like with my, my typical client avatars, they come in, they come into financial journey, they've got some money, they put it to work and they, they learn that the deals are real, the people are real, et cetera. The next thing is being in community. So I know you, you've got some events, meeting other people like that. We do events as well. Get people in talking to each other where people real, realize that the other people are real and then how people do due diligence together. We have our members, we have somebody come in, uh, share a deal, and then our members will then talk amongst themselves on whatever it is. So if we're doing an oil and gas deal, we've got members who are oil and gas engineers who are completely independent of whatever deal is, and they'll say what they like or don't like. Same thing with multifamily deals. Or you've got, when you go to like an investor meetup, ask your other peers what their favorite deals are, who their favorite providers are, and you can start to piece together what the best investments op options are for you. If you hear three to five trusted people all saying that Bronson's the guy to go to, go invest with Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how word of mouth is so huge in this world. I mean, I've invested in things and um, just, you know, just from, hey, this person's been doing this and I trust them. They've been doing this for 10 years with this operator. It's like, well, that's a pretty good recommend, right? So yeah. it's amazing. Now, sometimes that can also be like, you do want to do your own diligence and make sure things make sense. And just because, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of, you know, there's, there, are a lot, there are some people out there that are not doing things equitable, you know, the right way or things mm -hmm. like that. And so it's just good to, you know, also to see if it makes sense uh, for you as well. Uh, let's talk for a minute about uh, entity protection. Do you guys work with entity protection? What kind of, like, why is that an important conversation for somebody who's a high net worth person? Yeah. So matching the right vehicle, right? Investment vehicle to the terrain is, is important. So uh, we, we went through like a one page wealth plan on a recent event. And part of that, that format is what's your goals? What's your portfolio allocation? What are investments that fit your goals and portfolio allocation? And then what investment entities, right? So we look at, um, could it be anything from retirement accounts to trust to LLCs to how do you want those LLCs uh, taxed? Are they taxed as partnership, S-corps? So that with what I just said can feel overwhelming. It's it's about simplifying it and, and, and doing what's right for you. So I like when people first get in, we try and give you just a couple options. And as you grow and you get more sophisticated, as your investments get more sophisticated, it's important to realize that the size and sophistication of your legal and tax structure matches the size and sophistication of your business and wealth. And so we grow into that. You can't just have a one-time one seminar that's going to tell you everything you know. It's something you learn over time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's why you said one size fit all. It's just amazing how people are very different, you know, the things that are important to them and the things they're protecting and maybe their spouse works, they don't work They're yeah. They have kids, they don't have kids. They've got inheritance. They don't, they've got a tax issue. They don't have a tax issue. It's all different depending on mm -hmm. what their needs are. And that must be uh, pretty fun about this job for you as well as you get to kind of create that individually for people. I love that. <laughs> it's like a game for me. I actually like talking wealth and taxes. That's why I got back into this after traveling the world. It's actually fun to do tax stuff that people think is weird. I like studying tax code, but that, I know that's not everybody. 
You know, it's funny. I think when you're into, you know, tax code is not my, the most interesting thing to me, but uh, when I talk about finance and returns and, you know, the different assets and reading documents and like, I love that stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. But some people are yeah. like, man, I'd rather like get a root canal or something, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's just interesting how we're, we're geared, yeah. uh, we're geared differently. And a lot of they'll see that with a, with a couple, right. One, one, maybe one of the two is like really interested in it. The other one's like, they're almost trying to convince them, Hey, you should be interested early support me as I do this. But, um, you know, it's just interesting that knowledge really is power. And I see so many yeah. people work so hard for money only to get it, you know, lose it in taxes yes. or lose it in other, just not planning well, or maybe they get into deals that they really didn't vet well or things like that. And it's really sad and it's really unfortunate. Uh, what's one thing that you think uh, most people should know that they don't know? Or what's one thing kind of when you start first start working with someone that you're like, oh, this is something that's like kind of one-on-one that most people don't know? You know what? Probably the biggest thing I, I can think of is never making wealth the priority. So if you think of doctors, lawyers, any high income earner, they've learned a technical skill set and they've gotten very good at that. They know how to make money. They know that skill set. If, however, past age 45, 50, they're probably worth at least a couple million dollars if they've been putting away and doing anything with that. And if they just put a little time and effort to educate themselves, to learn what's a possibility out there, whether it's investing with you, going to an event, just learning, they start to see what's possible. And there's a corner people need to turn in their, in their business, their career, where managing their wealth should at least be a part-time thing, that they at least put in a few hours a month. If you're going to spend 50 hours, uh, 50 weeks a year earning it, you might as well spend at least a couple weeks a year saving it, whether it's through tax strategy, learning how to grow wealth with just a little effort, you can get significantly greater results. And that starts by investing yourself and meeting other people that are on a similar journey. Yeah. And that's really interesting too. I always, I talk to people, I do, you know, I have a book coming out that's talking about, you know, passive investing on alternative assets. And if you change, like you're talking about, if you're changing a a six to 8%, you know, stock market return, which really typically usually is not that much because of fees and other things that mm -hmm. come out of in volatility. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you'd go from that to a 15% return per year. It's like it's your returns go crazy. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, the yes. most powerful force in the universe or Einstein is, is compound interest, right? Whether he said that or not, it's attributed to him. And it's, but it's so true. It's just, if you can create a good plan and you, you know, you can't go back 10 or 20 years, I wish I had invested in this. I wish I'd done this, but you can do it now. And I think that's hopefully this is a wake up call for anybody who's watching or listening is that, hey, you can take action, you can take steps, you can reach out to you know, a group like yours, and really, you know, try to learn more about this. Um, I was going to ask you, Keith, what, what's, what are some things like you're seeing, obviously, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people are seeing fear in the market, they're seeing interest yeah. rates being higher, particularly, you know, in real estate or other sorts of investments. Um, a lot of people, Bloomberg had an article a few months ago that said that Americans are sitting on a, a record amount mm -hmm. of cash just on the mm -hmm. sidelines. And typically, it's about four to five times the amount that's ever been before, about something like $5 trillion in bank accounts and savings accounts and brokerage accounts. Um, what do you think, like, what are, what are you investing in personally? Are you more kind of like a wait until there's some event or are you, are you pretty fully invested now? I'd love to know a little bit about, about your personal investing. Sure. I think the only thing that's certain in this market is uncertainty. Yeah, And so I've, I've made enough, enough mistakes trying to predict the market that I will still make educated guesses, but I'm not going to sit all on the sidelines in anticipation of that. So yeah. right now, I probably have maybe 60 to 70% of my portfolio spread between some multifamily 
some hotels, some commercial real estate, some energy, some startups. But I'm intentionally in about 30% of my portfolio in, in assets with liquidity. So I don't know the stock market's going to go up and down. It's possibly at a high, but I thought it was going to fall right after COVID. And I was wrong. It rallied. So I intentionally keep part of my assets in a few stocks and intentionally keep stuff in some other, in some crypto. I know things are going to go all over the place, but I'm trying to have a good mix uh, between different asset classes that are that are are strong, and so I, every time I have a private investment payoff, I look at where the next place is. Where's where do I think things are growing, and I'll place it in that. But overall, I'm about thirty percent liquid, so that I can pivot. And when there are opportunities, when you've got a great deal coming up, I can have cash available for the deals that I want to be in. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Yeah, we're. I'm I'm about 95% invested, but I have some cash. But um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's different from what they need and what they want. And there always there will be good opportunities yeah. out there. And I have really smart people I know that are like all in cash or almost all in cash, other ones that are almost fully invested. And it's it's you know, we'll look back and say, oh, that was really the right, right approach, but we don't know. Obviously, we're all going through this. Um, we don't have the the grace sports almanac like from Back no. to the Future, where the guy can predict, you know, exactly what's gonna happen. But um, but yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, well, Keith, I really appreciate you. I know you also have a faith background, which I appreciate as well. So you do things because you really want to help people and serve mm -hmm. people in your bio as it was on your website there as well. Um, appreciate the value you bring to the marketplace and to individuals and uh, just want to encourage people to reach out to you. But what's what's a good way for people to connect with you and hear about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, my website, financialjourney.life is where you can learn about me, what we do, um, and connect with us. We've got our next big passive investor event. You can go to passiveinvestorevent.com. That's a Dallas area event for 400 people in September 8th and 9th. And I know you guys have some uh, events as well. Yeah. Yeah. We have something in October, the, the Advanced Real Estate Investing Summit in Los Angeles. Looking forward to that. But uh, I think your event is awesome. And uh, encourage everybody to reach out to Keith. And thanks again for being here, brother. Thank you, Bronson. I appreciate it. All right. So Keith Blackboard, great guy. Um, I can't say enough about tax strategy, getting an idea of where you want to go, getting clear on your goals, especially if you are a business owner or if you're a high earner. It's so important to figure out where you want to go. If you And even if you don't want to leave your job or, or sell your business right now, the ability to be able to do that is really powerful just in your mind to know that, hey, I could just turn, I could walk away from all this and I'd be just fine. Uh, I remember when that happened for me, I realized like, wow, I have all my living expenses covered through passive investing and I don't have to work anymore, but I'm choosing to work for a period of time and then I can do it. Or even now I can work because I want to work. I can help others to grow their passive wealth and be a part of something that I'm really passionate about and have freedom more of my time, which I love. So oh, for you, you have a plan, you're creating a plan. If, uh, reach out to Keith's group or a group like his to reach out and to be able to connect, help with a plan for taxes, uh, you know, tax reduction or entity protection or other things when it comes to selling a business or things like that. And so I just think it's really powerful who you have in your network that can help you on that journey. So uh, this show, the Mailbox Money Show is dedicated to helping you grow passive wealth that you don't work for. So it's not, you know, owning rental houses or managing a stock portfolio. It's stuff where the money comes to you and where the money doesn't, you know, you don't, uh, 
just simply do it for the money, but you have a goal in mind. You have something in mind, maybe a legacy with your family or with a cause in the world. For me, it's really ending modern day human slavery in the world today that there's actually 20 to 40 million human slaves today, more than we've ever had in the history of the world. It's kind of really shocking, hard to believe, but it's true. And so um, that's a cause I really believe in. So hopefully you found a cause you believe in um, and you are really going for it and you have a plan on how you're gonna become financially free if you're not, or you know, as you sell a business or as you quit a job, you're able to generate passive wealth. So thanks for taking the time to educate yourself. We'll see you on the next episode of The Mailbox Money Show. You've been listening to The Mailbox Money Podcast. For more free resources, articles, and videos, go to bronsonequity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune next time for more Mailbox Money.